Welcome, welcome to Porch Talk Real Talk with Dawn. Hi, everyone. God bless you all. Thank you all for tuning in and supporting me. I appreciate y'all so, 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 so much. I love y'all so, so much. Like, I love y'all. Like, love y'all. Like, I love y'all. Okay? I really, truly do. And I thank God for the intercessors. I thank God that he instructs us to intercede for our community, for our neighbors, our family, and friends. Even for ourselves. Like, I thank him for it. Because, y'all... I kid you not, after I did my episode yesterday, you know, I went for my prayer walk and God was just amazing good. And we just meet him just talking, talking, talking. And so as I'm walking down the street, I not really, I don't really look in people's cars, like, you know what I'm saying? But something told me to just look. And when I look, I saw a person preparing to light up their crack and baby all I can do was go in in prayer like father God like da, 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 for whoever that was him him and the other person in the car I was like whoa that's why I'm so serious about this substance abuse thing you know what I'm saying like it's hard out here it's everywhere like I live in the valley, okay, near the mountains, and I live around a lot of Caucasian people, and their most of their choice of drugs is meth and fentanyl and cocaine, okay, and like when I first moved out here, I was just so shocked because the average people that were on drugs and homeless were Caucasian people. And I've never really witnessed that before. Like, of course, you know, in the hood, we'll see maybe a few um, Caucasian people or whatever, but it, it's not like a whole community of them. Like out here, it's like a whole community. Where in LA, where I would see my black brothers and sisters gathering around and making tents outside and things like that, out here is the total opposite. It's the total opposite. So I'm like, whoa, like they got Caucasian people have crackheads too. Like it, 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 it shocked me. It still do to this day. Cause when I go out and uh, go to the store, I'm joined by the liquor store. I see Caucasian people hanging out and not my black brothers and sisters. Now, I see some, but that's not the majority. It's majority Caucasian. So, that's why I go in and why I talk about alcoholism, substance abuse so much. Because, like again, I'm like, it's, it's not the only sin in the world, but it's like the sin that's really taking our people out. All nationality, all race. It's not just black people all race okay and i'm sure if you go to certain other communities of different nationality and races you will probably see the same thing because people is people doesn't matter what color skin they are the war on of drugs on, on drugs is it, serious the war of drugs is real i can't even say the word right but you know what i mean like sin doesn't have 
uh, a targeted race or color to it. Sin is sin and it's out there for everybody to commit. Like the enemy is out for everyone. It doesn't matter what color skin you are. He don't like nobody. He out there everybody, okay? So oh, it broke my heart. It broke my heart. And a lot of these individuals who are homeless are really going through a mental disorder. It's not just schizophrenia or bipolar. Some of it is depression and anxiety. If you would just sit with them and hear their stories, you would see why they're just seem to be just out of their mind. A lot of them have suffered a lot of abuse. They lost a lot. They've been rejected. And so um, they just ended up being on the streets, you know. Um, also, um, give it back to me, Holy Ghost. Give it back to me, Holy Ghost. Give it back to me. Thank you, Holy Ghost. A lot of them do not know how to live in society anymore. They lost their ways. They don't know how. And the pressure of trying to uh, get money to take care of your responsibilities, your bills, your utilities, it's a lot. It's a lot of pressure um, to take care of your kids and um, make sure you have money enough to put food on the table and pay your bills. Like every first of the month, you got to pay your bills. You got to pay rent. You got to do this. So it's that's not easy. It's not easy at all. So a lot of them, they like, you know, I, I can't take that pressure. So I'd rather sleep, sleep on the streets than to try to, you know, do what society do and, and, and try to work and pay bills. Like, I can't handle it. It's a lot of um, people who, you know, are in jail and prison, have been in prison for so long. When they come back out, they don't know how to live in society. They don't know how to um, blend in or have responsibilities, things like that, because when they was in prison, you know, things were pretty much set for them, okay? They didn't have to grind to um, pay rent, to pay the bills, and take care of their kids and family, and to deal with their mental state, and deal with their health. They didn't have to do all that. It's like in prison, not all, but in some, it's already set for them. They got a time schedule for when they eat, for when they get to go out and hang out, um, they got um, dental care, uh, uh, eye care, Medicare. They got all that set in there for them. They're not pretty much on their own. They're pretty much told what to do every single day. When, when you out here, you're on your own. And if you're a man, it's even harder, honey. I feel, I feel bad for men. I do because there's so much pressure on them. They have to lead their family, lead themselves. Um, for a woman, it seems like people are more open to helping women than they are to help men. And I'm just saying for what I see. You know what I'm saying? Like, hey, you a man, man. Go get a job. Like, they just toss them out. Like, figure it out. Like, huh? You know, a man would be quick to take in a woman. Like, yeah, you can live with me. You can stay with me. But a man taking another man, uh, it's... It's rare. It's rare. Like, I don't see that. I don't see that often. Okay? And so, I'm praying for those who are going to going through mental exhaustion. You're just mentally and emotionally tired. You're just stressed out. You don't know what to do. You lost yourself. I've been there. 
I had a nervous breakdown in 2000, um, the end of 2018 and 2019. Okay, a mental breakdown. And it got so bad, I got so lost that I was not in my Bible, I was not in my word. Um, I had extreme anxiety, depression, and the enemy just had his way. Um, I lost my way with God. And the way I lost my way with God was that I just wasn't staying in my word. I wasn't praying. I got so caught up in my heart desires that I was not in my word. I was not seeking God. I was not building my relationship with God. And in a sense, that's why he has me single to this day. And why my life is not in the way that I would want it to and love it to be. And it's because I have a bad habit of putting things before God okay and so he's building me up to where he is all that I need he is all that I seek before I do anything else so that when I get my things back when he blessed me with my kingdom spouse when he uh, blessed me with my child and children and whatever whatnot I will still have a good, awesome, great, fulfilled relationship with God and Jesus Christ. Because, baby, I have learned. Okay? But he knows me more than I know myself. Okay? The pressure of life is hard. This life is hard. And you need God. You need Jesus Christ, knowing that Jesus Christ went through the same thing you went through and worse, gives you hope, gives you comfort and peace. That's why I arrived for him so hard, because though I lost my mind, God kept my spirit. He honored the prayers over my life. He honored my prayers. Before I lost my mind, before I got lost, I told God, I don't care what I say or what I do, how I live. Keep me. Don't you let me go. Even if I curse you out, don't let me go. Even if I say I don't need you, Lord, please don't let me go. He honored that. He honored that. And though my body, my mind was going in the opposite way of him, he kept a niche, a tight rope on my spirit. Though my heart was in a, a whole nother direction and I was putting my heart in a man's hand, he still kept my spirit. Okay. Matter of fact, let me tell you this. Before I could receive outside help for the racism and harassment I was going through in my job, for my medical condition, Forgive me, y'all. Father God, in the name of Jesus, I just thank you for all that you all are. I thank you for your healing, your deliverance, and mercy. I even thank you for this episode. Allow it to hit those who are struggling with mental um, illness, stress, and exhaustion, Father God. Touch their mind right now. Renew their mind. Restore their mind, Father God. Help them to fight for their sobriety. Help them to fight for their mind and their heart. Help them to fight against and to resist the devil and the enemy. Help them to remove themselves from toxic people that may um, put them in a place of stress and anxiety, Father God. Change their atmosphere. Change their circumstances, Father God. Renew their spirit. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. 
So, but like I was saying before, sorry, y'all, that was my 3 a.m. prayer. 3 p.m., excuse me, prayer. But before I can get outside help, I had to go through God. Like, I got to the point, y'all, when I was so stressed out and so away from God, like far away from God, that I didn't know who I was anymore in life. Like, I would question myself, who am I outside of being a nurse? Outside of being a leader in my church. Who am I? Who is Dominique? Who is she? I was lost. I didn't know who I was anymore. And that scared me. That really brought on anxiety. And the devil just had his way because I had became an open vessel for him. Because I wasn't filling myself up with God, his spirit, and his word. I was an empty vessel for the devil to come in and out of me. And he did. And so, when I go through depression and anxiety, I don't eat. When I'm extremely stressed out, I don't eat. So, all I was doing was smoking. Smoking my, my, my weed. I was smoking my weed to try to sleep the pain away. To sleep my evenings away. I will work all day. And around 6 o'clock, because my situation with my daughter, my child's father was being nasty and mean, trying to keep my baby away from me. Um, so I was like, I, I have really nothing to live for. And maybe my daughter is better off without me. Maybe my child's father would stop being so nasty towards my daughter and me um, if I just leave. Maybe he'll do right by my daughter if I just go. If he just sees that I'm no longer a problem. Like the devil would put these thoughts in my mind. And I really believed it. That if I would just leave. That it life would be better. My family life would be better. My child's life. Everything. The job. Everything would just be better. And um, though I felt this way. I did have enough sense to try to reach out to my family. Like I took them all together in one room. And you know. I let them know like. I'm having suicidal thoughts. Not saying that I literally want to take my life away, but I'm ready to go. I want to die. And I feel bad for them. I'm trying not to cry off because that was a lot of pressure for them. They didn't have the skill set to help me do that, to talk to me off a ledge. They didn't have a strong relationship with God or a strong prayer life to help me. But I was praying and hoping that they can do something, but they really couldn't. So I was like, well, forget it. Like, I'm just going to starve to death because I couldn't eat anyway. So I was like, whatever, I'm going to starve and hopefully I die in my sleep. So it got to the point where I became skin and bones and I wasn't dying fast enough. I was now suffering in my body now suffering in my body and that was a lesson learned for me too because a lot of people who try to commit suicide if it's not your time to go it's not your time to go I don't care if you try to strangle yourself shoot yourself in the head drown yourself if it's not your time to go it is not your time to go and sometimes you're left with the brokenness that you put yourself in the disobedience, the consequences of sin, of now having a brain injury, now having um, 
uh, body dysfunction, you know. Um, yeah, right? So, um, as I'm suffering and I'm not dying, and I'm like, okay, I don't want to be in pain either. So, I started calling out to God. Started talking to him, letting him know I need help. Some of my co-workers, they saw me thinning away. They saw the changes in me because I'm a, I'm a happy, jolly person. You know, I'm singing, I'm dancing, I'm laughing, I'm making others feel good. And I got to the point where I was just quiet. I didn't talk to nobody. No longer singing, no longer dancing. Staying to myself. Um, going off to eat my lunch or taking my lunch break away from everybody. So a few of my coworkers who I love so much and I pray for them and I pray that God is doing well by them. Um, they started taking me, pulling me to the side and started praying for me. <sighs> Seeing my coworkers fight for me. Um, encouraged me to fight for myself. So, um, I started going to God. Like, Lord, I don't want to die. Save me. Forgive me for my sins. I'm sorry. I'm sorry for putting my king's spouse before you. I'm sorry for putting my friends before you. I'm sorry for putting my job before you. I'm sorry for putting my child before you. I'm sorry for worshiping other things that are outside of you. I'm sorry for worshiping things that you created and not worshiping you, the creator. So he took me to the book of Samuel. And he showed me a king named Saul. Who in his disobedience had the spirit of, um, had torment spirits torment him, right? The only way that this man could find any relief was through a man named David who eventually took his place as king. But he would call out for David to play an instrument of strings to him. So God started showing me ways to heal myself in my mind. So I already love music. But I never really appreciated it in the way that I started to then. So I started playing string music and it would heal my mind. It would take the anxiety away. And then he would take me into the book of Esther and the book of Matthew, um, where it talked about Jesus and how there were special oils that was meant for him to be, um, to anoint his body. Um, I started learning in the Bible of frankincense and mirror and how um, heaven smelt like these very things. And so I started to um, smell these scents every day, frankincense. Um, mirror lavender orange like i started to really take in um and um, essential oils start so i started healing myself and gradually slowly but surely i started eating a little bit i didn't stop smoking my weed though 
um, it had a strong cold on me. And at, at one point, it would take the pain away from me. But due to smoking, it caused more dehydration. So it dried out my muscles and nerves even more, which caused more spasticity and spasms. So though it would give me a, a temporarily um, fix, um, it would definitely leave me in extreme pain for hours. So um, I started slowing down on smoking. And I just started just staying in my Bible, reading my Bible. Now, around this time, I was also seeking counseling and um, letting them know that something medically was also wrong with me. Like, yes, this is spiritual. Like, I'm like, first thing, this is spiritual. But for the most part, this is it's starting to turn medically. Okay. And most mental illness, it does that to you. Anxiety, it will do that to you. It starts off in the mind. It starts off um, in the mental state, but then it starts affecting your brain, the chemicals in your brain, and then it started spreading to your, your, your body. Your brain is attached to your nerves. Your nerves are the stems to your brain. So, um, and to your spinal cord. Your brain is the, you know, it's the head. And then the spinal cord is like, I would say, um, the tail. And then on the tail or the, how can I call the, okay, the brain is the head. The spinal cord, I like to call the body. And then the nerves are the extremities. And the extremities, are, they are branches all through your body, down to your fingernails, down to your toes. Like, you, you, you got nerves all throughout your body, like thousands and thousands of nerves in your body. I don't know if it's thousands, but it seems like that. If you open up a human body, you will see all the nerves that are inside the human body. It's a lot, okay? So, um, all those start to take an effect because of the, the anxiety and depression. So, um, I started going to counseling. Um, I ended up, um, losing functions on my body. The devil started to use, um, things against me. He started attacking my body and then, um, I had people cursing my body at the same time. It was like during my disobedience, it left the door open for those who sent out curses for me, for that to hit me. It was like I didn't have the uh, protection of God anymore, right? Because I left myself open for the devil to have his way and those he used to have their way too as well. So I lost a lot of bodily function and... um it wasn't until I started going through God that God started giving me the help that I needed. Eventually, the psychiatrists started hearing me out. And so they started um, giving me CT scans. And sure enough, come to find out, there was a cyst on my brain. There was swelling on my brain. Parts of my nerves were off. I was really actually experiencing paralysis because they were saying, let's just mental, let's just stress, let's just stress. But when they start doing the EMG and all kind of tests and blood work, they realized that baby girl was in worse shape than she actually was. And then they started to say, we just don't know how you was able to even do the, the functions you were able to do. And I was like, God, 
Oh my God, because like I was still driving. There was time I was still going to work. I was still serving in the church. Um, I couldn't walk for nothing, but I can dance. Um, I was in wheelchairs. I had a cane, crutches. Your girl was out for a count. Your girl had to wear braces on her legs. I had to wear braces on my arms. I had to learn how to walk again. I was in pretty much bad shape. But though my body was failing me and going through all this craziness, God kept my spirit. My spirit man was stronger than ever. I was still able in my weakness to lay hands on people. And they were still getting blessed through me because of the spirit of God in me. Like... He was doing the thing, okay? And so that's what I really want to get to. Stay close to God. Stay anchored in Him, in His Word. There's times where we'll go through some hard trials and we're not able to read the Bible. We're hurting so bad we can't even see the Word. I thank God for these Bible apps because now there's audio. Listen to the word of God. Get into some deliverance services. Okay. But they can lay hands on you. And they can believe God for you. They can intercede for you. Drugs ain't the way. Eating yourself to death ain't the way. Not eating is not the way. God is the way. God can get you back to you. God can place you back in your rightful mind. So I started asking myself again, who are you? Well, the devil would. It wasn't even me. He'd be like, well, who are you outside of your job, outside of church? And I'd say a child of God. I belong to God. I'm the daughter of a mighty king, the kings of all kings. Lord of Lord. Like the creator of even you. That's my daddy. That's who I am. His daughter. His prophet. His evangelist. And it wasn't when I say these things about myself, it's not coming from an arrogant, prideful, bragging place. My boldness, my confidence come from the Lord. The spirit, the power that I have, it comes from the Lord. My authority to say who I am in God comes from God because it's what he tells me. He keeps me humble. He checks me and I try to check myself before he has to. But that's where my boldness comes from. The way I speak with authority, it comes from God. It comes, my confidence comes from Him. Who I am in Him. Without Him, I am nothing. I'm worthless without Him. That's why I go in for my daddy God. Why I talk about Him so much. Because He done brought me through hell and back. He allowed me to vision hell. It was so bad that I smelled sulfur. 
and I really couldn't get out the bed because I was bedridden. But I'm looking around me like, is there an ashtray around me and somebody smoking cigarettes? It was none of that. I just smelled hell. Ash. And no, I didn't smoke. None of that. That vision. It, it was real. I smelt it. Okay. Go to him. Lean on him. Let him be your anchor. Who you are. You are a child of God. A son. A daughter of God. That's who your spirit man is. Outside of your jobs and your positions and titles in life. You are a child of God. Okay. I love y'all so much. If you stress out. You need somebody to talk to. You having suicidal thoughts. Come to me. I'll help you get your breakthrough. We'll try to find you. We'll. We will. When I say will. I mean me and God and Jesus Christ. We'll try to find some resources that fit you. I'll get you some help. I'll pray with you. Don't take your life away. You're precious. You are needed. The world needs your personality. The world needs someone like you with your ideas, your creativity. There's no one like you. I don't care what your family said about you. I don't care who talked about you, who rejected you, abandoned you, neglected you, who raped you, molested you. Who beat you? I don't care. I don't care what them people did. You are needed. They may have tried to take away your confidence, take take your life away and all that. God didn't let it. You're still here. You're still valuable. Yes, you are. We need you. You need some relief, go to God. He'll be your relief. Before I can get ice outside help from doctors and all these other things, I had to go through God. He gave me back my appetite. He gave me peace. He helped me be in my right mind. He helped me to walk again. He did. It was like so much stuff was happening in my life. I couldn't go to physical therapy. My daughter would help me walk. Literally hold my hands and we would walk up and down the street. It wasn't until God, going through God, that they started giving me my braces for my legs and for my arms. I couldn't get no CT scan on no MRI until I went through God. And by the time they start coming around, God was already healing me. He was already doing a new thing in me. So I said, my help, my healing, my freedom, my deliverance come from the Lord. I believe him for those things. And he did those things for me. He still do those things for me. Right now, 
I still got a thorn in my in my left side. My legs still has its moments, but it's a constant reminder for me of what God brought me out of. I mean, I can jump now. Literally, I can jump, y'all. There was a time I couldn't lift myself off the ground. Do y'all hear me? I can feel my toes. <laughs> God is good, y'all. Go to him. And he... He will send help your way. He will help you. I love you. I'm praying for you. If you need me, hit me up. I was able to change my name on Facebook. It's Dominique Grateful Dom. And on Instagram, it's Dominique Wilkes underscore. DM me. Hit me up. Let's pray and talk about it. And if you can't talk, all you can do is moan and groan and cry. Let's do that. Let the Holy Spirit help us out. Okay? Take it easy. And this is Porch Talk with Talk with Dawn. Talk to you soon.